Uh, no one really knows, but I like to pretend it's infinite. Kind of an odd job. Guardian of an infinite abyss. Yeah, yeah I guess it is. But we also trade and deal in antique jewelry. I suppose it is odd that we live down here like this. No. Not at all. Okay, it crossed my mind. <laughs> well, we think it's important. Why? What is it that you think you're going to find? I guess I just like the idea of discovering something, of doing something that's completely unique, that's never been done before. Albert's Abyss. Well, maybe. Who knows? But you know what? That's all ego. None of that really matters. If I get to be with this person right here in our beautiful baby, that's all I need. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends review movies that you absolutely should have seen already. My name's Tyler, and I'm here with three best friends. I'm Zach. I'm Scott. I'm Jake. And I just, I want to say, I'm I'm impressed. I was just thinking about, I would not be able to manage talking and running the board. So whenever we do an episode that's you're hosting, I'm impressed with you. Well, thank you. Changing and talking. Too much for me. Thank you. I'm very unimpressed. It's uh, it, it's fun. Uh, it's it's super frustrating when I get it wrong, which I do sometimes. But you know, it just you know, it's understandable. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're running those servers, though. Yeah, but give that, yourself some credit, dude. Thanks. Yeah, you're that's all. why it's so toasty in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's way way too many servers running in this in this uh, condo. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. How many thousands of servers do we have now? Like. I lost count, but maybe like 10. Wow. Wow. How many of them are local and how many of them are in Bangladesh? Uh, They're about 9,000 here. Oh, wow. In in this room. Oh, wow. (laughs) And uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that you live in a warehouse. Yeah, I actually don't have a house. I just built servers around me. (laughs) (laughs) The servers house you? Yeah, it's it's great in the winter. (laughs) It's not so great in the summer. Well, we're uh, going to review Garden State. I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's a movie that that I I, I really enjoy. I, I love, and uh, I was excited to share it with with several of you. Um, but before we jump into that, does anybody have any uh, recommendations or hot takes about something they've seen lately? I have a recommendation, uh, and it's mostly because I want to get <clears throat> some engagement from the audience here. Uh, go listen to "Lost in the Supermarket" by The Clash, and tell me if you think that sounds an awful lot like our song. Oh, because uh, I've thought it since day one, and I just want to hear what other people think. Okay, yeah. Well, I I don't, off the top of my head, uh, draw that distinction, so I'm going to give it a listen right. and uh, see what I think as well. I don't even know what it is that you just said, so I'll have to listen to it too. Okay. The Clash are a punk band. They make songs? Yeah, they make yeah, songs. They make songs. 
We're going to get into it later, but Scott has no idea who the Wu-Tang Clan is. I mean, it's fair. He also has no idea who any actors, actresses, directors. But like to have never heard of the Wu-Tang Clan? I mean, I've definitely heard of the Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, I knew that they made music. A couple of weeks ago, I was like, that's Gene Hackman. And Scott said, I don't know who that is. And I was like, how do you not know who Gene Hackman is? Yeah. It's the guy from uh, Enemy of the State. (laughs) <laughs> it's like saying i don't know who ed harris is i don't know who that is oh my gosh <laughs> i walked into that one <laughs> you know well, that now you gotta tell me who's ed harris you're gonna say that <laughs> ed harris he was in uh radio uh i'm trying to think of he's like in, disney movies uh, that that's you not seen. gene hackman <laughs> no it's ed what? harris wait the the coach from uh from radio no He's in Gene um, Hackman is the coach. Scott, in you looked up all the Hoosiers. Gene movies you'd seen before. <laughs> That's true. You did, like three weeks ago. You did that. That's true. He's he's the general in the rock. Yeah. General Hummel. Yeah. He looks a lot like Gene Hackman. <laughs> I disagree. I, I patently disagree. <laughs> But you know what? That's okay. I know who Ed Helms is. <laughs> All right. That's good enough. I say we take it. <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy. So you just naming I have a, I have a hot take. Speaking of old actors, I have a hot take. Uh, I saw on the rocks, the new uh, Sophia Coppola movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coppola, Coppola, wh- whatever. I don't know who that is either, so let's just keep going. Scott, maybe you should just tell us when you do know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just always assume you don't know who we're talking about. Do you want me to actually chime in when I know somebody? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know him. I understand that I reference. I understand that reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's with uh, Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. I know both of those people. That's uh, good. I'm glad. I've been wanting to, It's the Apple TV movie, right? It's the Apple TV movie. I think it's Apple TV and A24. They've been doing a lot of work together uh, since Apple TV Plus came out. And uh, I got to say, I finished it and I really, I almost texted Zach. Like, I don't know if I should tell you to watch this immediately or never see it because I'm so conflicted about whether or not I liked it quite a bit or really did not like it one bit interesting like i i, I honestly it i was confused about my own feelings after watching i it. almost wow. watched it yesterday and now i really wish that i had it's uh it's it's i don't know it's really charming but also completely flat hmm. um there's like some real interesting character arc that happens and also zero character development whatsoever. Uh, It just ends super like what I felt like was abruptly. Like I was just finally feeling like, Oh man, we're having some drama and change and then nothing comes out of it. But also maybe it was just slice of life and there's not supposed to be a whole lot of that. Like, I don't know. Like I was really, I, I was really thrown. I thought Bill Murray and Rashida Jones were both amazing. Like I lost them in their roles. Like, you know, yeah. uh, like they did great jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a rough time. Is he, I assume Bill Murray's playing like a serious role then. Well, he's playing the same guy from Ghostbusters. Okay. A, Kind of. Well, like, it, it's hard for me to look at, especially old man Bill Murray now, and not think whatever he's doing is at least a little funny. Like, honestly, uh, I'm sure you guys haven't seen this. No offense to you, but uh, Lost in Translation. I actually have seen that one. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I was gonna. That's kind of a shocker. Yeah, I was gonna watch it. Did with, you like it? Um, okay. That so that was sense. also a Sofia Coppola movie. <laughs> Who is she? The director. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna watch it with my I sister. I thought she was an actress. Like like so. um, I, I think it has a very, like, opening shot was a little bit too much. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I remember we watched it and I was like, I don't think I want to watch this with my sister. Oh, I don't remember what it was though. Yeah, I don't remember the opening shot of that movie, but there's nothing about the movie that I would be like uh, that would make me uncomfortable. Really, I think it was just like a a butt. I don't remember. It could we be can cut that, but uh, I felt like uh, Bill Murray's butt. No, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like uh, this movie was like a worse Lost in Translation. Mm, okay, but with better acting interesting okay like you know like lost in translation was a significantly better story yeah on the rocks was significantly better acting yeah Hmm. i don't know what to think of it but i guess my i guess it's a hot take it's not really a recommendation like maybe see it and maybe i'm wrong like i'm definitely gonna watch it again that doesn't sound like a hot take or a recommendation it just sounds very neither well, Neither I guess that's the anything. hot take is that like a lot of people are like either up in arms about this movie or hated it. Huh. And okay. I'm just like, I'm not sure. Like it really could go either way for me having watched it one time. So, but at least Zach, you'll, you, you should probably see it just so that you can break my tie. Yeah. I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. Um, and, and seriously, Bill Murray, I, th- I feel like this might be my favorite role he's ever played. Wow. Wow. More so than Steve Z? More than Steve Z. That's more a than, hot take right there. Steve more Z than Bob. Like, like Steve Z was not even my favorite role of his. Like up until this point, Bob was from What About Bob? I haven't seen that movie. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was just thinking that uh, I was I was I saw it the other day on I think your Apple TV or something, and I was like, I should tell everybody I haven't seen this because I feel like Tyler's gonna want to pick it at some point. I might. I mean, I my think favorite it's, is Caddyshack. I like Caddyshack. Yeah, I mean that's not a. I felt like you were like leading up, like we were gonna be like, oh, yeah, we were gonna be mad at you or something. Like, no, I really like him in Kitty Shack. Okay, you're gonna be like, you know what? I my favorite Bill Murray was like Saint Vincent. I don't something. know what that is. Oh, Saint Vincent was good. I liked I liked Saint Vincent. I wouldn't say that that's my favorite Bill Murray sure, role though, sure. by a long shot. Sure. Well, we're talking about Garden State. Uh, I first watched this movie uh, when I was 16. My older brother introduced it to me. It was a like super memorable trip for me because. Like, my older brother um, introduced me to, uh, like, a bunch of different things. Like, he, for Christmas one year, he was, I I was 16, he was, or maybe 17, and he was, you know, 20, I think he was probably 24, 25 at the time, and he was living in, uh, outside of Reno, Nevada. And uh, he invited me to, like, for Christmas, like fly me out and to spend a long weekend with him. And he taught me how to snowboard. He taught me how to drive stick. And then he, we watched this movie and I instantly loved it. And so it was like just such a memorable, such like, like a formative trip. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But this, this movie, I mean, he spending time with my brother was the biggest part of it, but mm-hmm. like him introducing me to this movie that he had really enjoyed uh, was was really cool and uh, you know previously uh, by the time I got around to seeing it and by the time this movie came out Scrubs was already on the air and I was never really a big fan of Scrubs I didn't really like Zach Braff really and uh, but seeing this movie 
I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I freaking love Zach Braff. Uh, I, I felt like the soundtrack, I didn't know at the time, I didn't know a lot of this music, but it was so beautiful that it introduced me like secondhand to a lot of great music. And I went and found a bunch of great stuff because of this. That's interesting because I feel like Zach Braff, uh, people liked that a lot. He did that in Scrubs. He introduced a lot of music. And I think, um, Scrubs was, had a lot of really good music. Yeah, too. I, uh, Joshua Radden I think became famous because Zach Braff put him in Scrubs. Like I don't think he had anything going on. I think it was Joshua Radden, was somebody that was his yeah, friend yeah. that was like living on his couch. Wow, I, I think just, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, this movie was uh, uh, written and directed by Zach Braff. Uh, it came out July twenty eighth, two thousand four. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. It cost two and a half million dollars to make, and it was financed entirely by one guy. Uh, I don't know what the relation he had with Zach was, um, but he was just a former investment banker, and he personally put up the money to finance the film. And it went on to do it was independent, obviously, and it went on to do thirty five million in box office, respectable, you That's know, good. respectable. Ro is really good. Yeah, yeah, for for this investment banker that was like, yeah, I'll put up this money for mm-hmm. your movie. It was a respectable windfall. Um, the other guys gave this an 86%. IMDb gave it a 7.4 and it did not qualify for the Academy Awards that year. Why didn't it qualify? What is it? Uh, in order to qualify for the Academy Awards, there are like a handful of criteria. Um, but one of them is uh, release in theaters. And like the length of release in in general theaters. Got it. Another call out that I think is interesting is that Danny DeVito executive produced. Yeah, which is a trip. Yeah. Like I wonder how they made that connection. I really don't know. It must have been, maybe it was through this uh, investment banker that financed it. You were telling us a really funny story about. Oh, um, so I, I heard this listening to a podcast that Zach Braff was on, but he was talking to Donald Faison, who was his co-star in Scrubs. And they were talking about an early screening of... He played Turk. He played, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were talking about an early screening of Garden State that they were like in front of. Like Danny DeVito was seeing it for the first time, a bunch of other people. And then uh, they were like, okay, we're going to do Q&A. And if anybody has any notes or whatever, and then Donald Faison's hand shot up. And he gave him a bunch of notes <laughs> in front of Danny DeVito, who is ex- executive producer. And then afterwards, he pulled him aside. He's like... It's not that I don't want your notes, but don't do that in front of Danny DeVito. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Yeah. I feel like any Scrubs fans would love that story. That's oh, hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah, I think it's really funny. Based on their relationship <laughs> yeah. on the show. Yeah. And because they're like really good friends in real life too. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I obviously nominated this movie. I'd seen it before. I've talked about that. Zach, you had seen this movie before. I have, yeah. And what what did you think rewatching it? Um, I liked it. Um, I, I first saw this back when I was a teenager too. Um, and so I was, I guess at a little bit more of an impressionable age. And I feel like, especially for like, I was like a low key emo teenager. And so it definitely Mm -hmm. like made an impact at the time. Um, now being more of an adult, I didn't like it as much as I did back then, but I still really like it. I think it has a lot of heart. Um, I think it's an easy movie to watch, like just an easy movie to put on, but still engaging enough to where you're going to enjoy it. Like it's not like a mindless watch. Um, I think it's very charming and it has a great soundtrack. I, I think the soundtrack is my favorite aspect of the movie. I've seen some reviews kind of say that it was used a little too much. It was a little too much in the forefront, mm. um, which I kind of agree with, but I don't mind because I love it so much. So Zach Braff actually curated the songs 
that are used in the film himself. Like, you know, he picked all the, the music. Uh-huh. And uh, when he was sending out scripts to prospective actors, actresses, you know, crew, all that kind of stuff, he included a mixtape of all the songs that he was going to put in the movie in order for them to listen to as they were reading the script. That's, That's really funny. cool. Which I think is cool. Like yeah, it's, it's a cool, yeah. interesting like vision that he had an experience that he like curated to try and sell people to be a part of it. It's that kind of movie I was watching it with my wife and every time a song came on, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I love this song. Mm. I, I just forgot how many great songs are in it. What was the one you texted me? I just texted you the the playlist of Garden State. Oh, like got just it. on Spotify, there's a Garden State soundtrack playlist. And I had just watched it the night prior and I just texted you so like this is just gonna be on repeat all day now. Yeah. Yeah. Zach or I'm sorry, Jake and Scott, you were both late bloomers to this, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh Scott, what did you think of this one? Uh it was it was okay for me. It's I honestly like didn't notice the soundtrack at all. Mm. Like nothing stood out to me or was special about it to me. I I don't know how you didn't notice it. I mean, I knew I could hear music. It's not like I was deaf to the music. (laughs) There was nothing special about it. But you weren't like they're trying to like make you feel something with this song. Like, no, I didn't. It's kind of forcing it down your throat. Like the songs just didn't make an impact on you. They weren't memorable. No, I couldn't tell you one song from the movie right now. Did you? Were you even listening to it, thinking like, "Oh, this is a good song"? Even the one we just listened to. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a hint. Uh, I talked about a movie by the same name a few episodes back. Not gonna get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But the uh, only living boy in New York, Simon Garfunkel. Yeah. Is that the name of a song? Yeah. The only living boy. This one that was playing. Yeah. And then then Tyler said, "It's a good song." (laughs) I've never heard that song before (laughs) until apparently in this movie. And I think a lot of it, why none of it stood out to me was I don't remember like even remember like knowing any of the songs from this movie. Sure. Oh, okay. I mean, even like. Oh, sorry. I'll let you keep talking. uh, So for me, like the as far as like the music, I'm just like whatever. It. I didn't think it was bad. Like I I don't remember ever thinking like, oh my gosh, this music. I just it just didn't stand out to me at all. Um, the story was, was good. Acting was good. It was, it was, I mean, it was a good movie, but it wasn't anything special to me. Jake, what about you? I first saw this, uh, a week ago when I was at home. So, (laughs) um, not as impressionable. Uh, but I liked it. There were some like parts that I remember thinking like, uh, okay. But on, on the whole, I liked it. And like the music, I knew some of it, some of it I didn't. And I, even if the songs weren't songs that I would pick to listen to. I feel like they were very good for what they were trying to make me feel utilized. Well, yeah, I I do. And like, it's not like I disliked any of them. I thought they were good. It's just, maybe I wouldn't have picked them, but no, on the whole, I I liked it pretty well. Cool. Nice. Although I, uh, I didn't, didn't love Natalie Portman. If I'm honest. Really? Wow. That's a hot take. That is a little bit. She was my favorite part of the movie. She, plays this character and I think it's the reason why I don't like Zoe Deschanel is she just she plays this quirky character that's supposed to be so like endearing or I don't know exactly and I just I don't find it charming in the slightest okay you know and so it just if if you know I feel like the movie picks up when her character enters the film mm-hmm. like I was watching it like with my wife and I could tell she wasn't super engaged in it. And even myself, I was like a little like kind of waiting for it to pick up. And I told her like, just wait till Natalie Portman comes in. It picks up at I that point. I agree with that. But at the same time, like I, I, I feel like she brings a, like a, a semblance of like life I into feel like, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I just, 
I understand what you're saying. And I do feel like the movie picked up and got more interesting. And like, it wasn't that she was interesting. I just didn't like her character. I don't like that kind of character. I don't find that very charming, but it's sure. kind it's, of like zany, quirky people. Yeah. But just like in the way that she was, I don't know how to describe it, except for almost like a, like a Zoe Deschanel is the kind of feeling I get in whatever she plays. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's jump into the play-by-play a little bit. <clears throat> we see uh, the the movie opens with this like plane crash sequence. Yeah, it was, was weird. weird. There was like <laughs> there was a, like a Hindu prayer happening, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. Well, I mean, like the yeah. the, the plane, you know, like everyone like feels like the plane's crashing, and everyone around uh, Zach Braff is is panicking. They're freaking out. Which was funny, having just watched Airplane. Like it oh, just yeah. made mm-hmm. me. I, I was just like, oh, hey. Well, and we watched those two like back to back. Oh, did we? Yeah. yeah. I think I watched this right before I watched Airplane. And the, the camera just kind of like slowly like closes in on uh, this character who's just couldn't be bothered by the plane going down and like reaches up and turns on the air conditioning valve mm-hmm. like to just like, oh, like I'm just like slightly annoyed at everything going on around me. Um, and he wakes up in bed. It's a, you know, apparently maybe a dream he was having. Uh I don't know if this was, if this is because my, pretty much my only exposure to Zach Braff is, uh, Scrubs where that was a comedy and like, it had some like drama moments, but I found a lot of things that I thought they were pretty funny. Like that scene when he was just like, whatever turns out. And I don't know if I was supposed to when I was watching the movie. I, mean, I, I but, laughed at it. Uh, I well, la- Scott even asked me, he was like, is this a comedy? Is it a dramedy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I guess maybe I'd describe it as a dark comedy. But then even as we got into it, I was like, ah, no, it's it's somewhere between like a drama and a dark comedy. Like, yeah, there are a lot of interactions, especially like some like really like <clears throat> awkward. I don't know if they were. I, I, I took it as like, oh, it was supposed to be kind of awkward and they were kind of funny interactions. But yeah. I let when I when I finished the movie, I was like, I don't know if that was what I was actually supposed to feel like because like, I thought there were some pretty funny parts. Yeah, no, I think you're supposed to. I think you. I think there is a lot of comedy that you're supposed to laugh at. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of moments that I laughed at. Yeah, um, I I think that my take on this film is that he's trying to give a picture into like depression, but also maybe humanity. That there's a lot of like grief and sadness and tragedy, but that uh, life is like tragic and funny. Uh-huh. You know, and that that's okay. Those two can exist in the same space. Uh-huh. Um anyway, that's just my kind of take on like the movie as a whole. Um but he uh he wakes up in bed in this stark white room. Yeah, it was uh like my I think I had the lights off and then I was blinded. <laughs> and there was virtually no furniture but his bed and then just like a little clock on the floor. Right. Yeah. And or the phone or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a yeah, it was a phone. And uh, he gets a call from his dad that he lets go to voicemail that lets him know that his mother died and he and has to go back. There's but like it wasn't like a good your mother's died. It was like, hey, this isn't I don't know how to do this. You don't talk to me like this whole whole thing with his dad. And then at the very end is, but I guess I'll just say, your mother died. And then he hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> I was really and wondering then, where you're going with that when he said it wasn't a good your mother died. <laughs> like there are sometimes where you're like, oh, your mother died. And you're like, oh, there's sick. like certain approaches to doing that. No, I get what you mean. Yeah. I, I, I realized what you were saying, but when you started saying it, I was like, what? what are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where's, this, 
<laughs> Where's this going? But that happens, and then Andrew just goes back to sleep. Yeah. And then, like, wakes up and goes to work at this weird Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah, that place was so weird. <laughs> that was a, another story I heard Zach Braff tell that, that he worked at a restaurant that was like that. It was like a weird Vietnamese restaurant. and It was French-Vietnamese yeah. fusion. Yeah. And so, I, and so he, I guess, had had some acting. I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was this movie, though, because Scrubs was already on. But, like, he would go work at this restaurant, and then people would have just seen his movie and then had him as a waiter. And then been like, dude, we loved you in the movie we just saw. Yeah. Which I think is crazy and a weird. It's a trip. Yeah. Do you think they asked him for bread? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Zach Braff has said that he's he drew on much of his real life for this movie. Mm. Um, his mom's still alive, but... I think that uh, so that but he did though. push her. Yeah, and she, yeah, she is a paraplegic. <laughs> I uh, oh man, oh I think that that's the first line that he speaks after all of the, in the whole movie is when the lady's like, "Do you want bread?" And she's like, "Can I have bread?" And he's like, "We don't have any bread." Like, <laughs> all the like his boss was yelling at him. He doesn't say anything. His mom died, and he hadn't said anything. And that's the first time we hear him actually open his mouth. And and it just comes across so weak and mealy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he heads back home to New Jersey, the garden state. And, uh, pretty much right away. Like we just jump right to his mother's funeral. Yeah. And then her wake where everybody's talking to him and this woman made him a shirt, which honestly I know was supposed to be ridiculous. Kind of loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Have any of you guys ever been to like a, um, a graveside funeral like that? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think I have. Yeah, I have as well. And it's never. That's the most orderly funeral I think I've ever seen. Like they were in exact rows and columns, all standing in a box. Yeah, that's been my experience. Mine is like everyone's just kind of standing around. Oh sure, that's, yeah. No, all of my experience so far is that like you get there and they've already set up chairs. Mm. Yeah, I think that was how like my great grandma had one of those and that was how we were. We were like chairs and we sat down. Yeah. But I mean, I've definitely seen at least in movies the everyone standing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that too, for sure. Um, yeah, Jake, the, the shirt, I don't know why, but that bit always just gets uh, me. It, like it was just like a good, I was just like, well, you need to try it on. He's like, like now and then they're, <laughs> they're having this whole thing and then they just hard cut to him wearing the shirt and it's the exact pattern of the wall behind. So yeah. Yeah. It just looks like a floating head. And I thought it was really funny, but I, yeah. I loved the shirt. I would wear it. I don't know that I would wear it. It wasn't terrible. It I'd wasn't terrible. It, it yeah. wasn't terrible. I'd wear it if someone made it and gave it to me. Oh, okay. that would, would be I've, the circumstances w- under which I would never wear it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I would never buy it for myself, but if someone gave it to me, it looked, it was good enough to wear. Anyways, I would, I would make it myself. So wait, if, oh, yeah. if you're telling me if somebody took the time and the thought it would creep me out to hand make you a shirt. <laughs> it would creep me out. It creep you out that somebody was like, "Oh, I just want to do anyone a nice thing for is you. listening. Do not make me a shirt." Yeah, this reminds me of when Schmidt gives Nick a cookie. Yeah, <laughs> give me cookie. Got you cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's weird. It's weird. That's, you're just the the last person I would have expected to not appreciate a time consuming handmade gift that somebody would give you. I would. I would. Ninety nine percent of things, but a shirt is just so like I don't know. Like it's very. What if it fits you perfectly? Like they measured you and everything. 
I, yeah, I guess maybe under and that everyone scenario. Loves it. Like they're like that's sure. the coolest shirt I've like, ever. You look yep. so good and in that I shirt. I would wear it all the every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we spent so much time on this. <laughs> but please don't make me a shirt. <laughs> Unless uh, you're going to measure him perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're certain that everyone is going to be like that's the best you've ever looked. Mhm. Then you can make me a shirt. Uh, so he reconnects uh, along the way with with some of his old buddies. Like it sounds like from like early middle school and like early before high school. his mom's even put into the ground. He's reconnecting with them. Yeah, like, they're they're the grave diggers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like inviting him to a party. And they're like, "Why are you here?" He's like, "That's my mom." And they're like, "Oh, you want to come to a party?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're clearly they've like never grown up. Like a lot of the friends mm-hmm. that that he returns back home and sees, and I wonder if they're just like because they're grave diggers, just a little numb to it all, you know? Yeah. Like to them, it's just another body they buried. Well, they're grave diggers, and as we find out uh, later, grave robbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. But specifically at a Jewish cemetery. Yeah. yeah. Which I that doesn't seem like that big of a town. How many Jewish people are dying? Then Newark's a pretty big city. Yeah. Oh, they, New- they were in Newark. Well, I outside, so. of, yeah. outside, outside of, outside of. It looked like they were in a suburb. Like a I suburb also didn't Newark. know that there were cemeteries just for Jewish people. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But there's a great line later when they're talking about like someone thinks that Andrew had killed himself. And he's yeah. like, you. I thought you killed yourself. That wasn't you. Yeah. And they're like, no, but you know who did? It was like this person. Becky, so-and-so. So and so. Oh, yeah. Really? How? Like, what happened? Oh, I don't know. She wasn't Jewish. I didn't bury her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that I thought that was a really good line. <laughs> that was like, I didn't realize that it was an only Jewish cemetery until they had that line. And I was like, that yeah. was pretty funny. But, and then I was like, wait, no. Yeah, I, same. I actually think they're fairly common, uh, like all Jewish cemeteries, mm. um, but specifically on the East Coast. Interesting. Which is a larger like uh, like population subsect of of Jewish people are stayed on the East Coast for the most part. Huh. Like they immigrated, you know, back in the day and stayed on the East Coast. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, uh, they uh, <laughs> he's so he's reconnecting with some of these old friends and and going to this party and and it's just a weird like it's a weird scenario for him because he's you know uncomfortable about being a you know sort of out of work actor but also really uncomfortable about being home uh as we learn this is the first time he's been home since he was 16 years old Mm -hmm. yeah and he seems to want to be anywhere but talking to his father right yeah literally anywhere who is his psychiatrist yeah and has kept him uh doped up for literally almost all of his life yeah um (laughs) And then there's just this hilarious scene after that first party where he just wakes up at his friend's house. Like, so they go from this mansion to this like <laughs> rundown house and he's just laying on the couch with balls written on his forehead and like the curtains are moth eaten and like, <laughs> and then it's just this super contrast. Uh, armor, armor walks by and I was like, is he still high? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it turns out to be Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon yeah. Uh, Jim Parsons. Yeah. No, Jim Parsons. I, I think he was Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> this is a prequel to, to yeah. It, it's in Bridges, between, young in, Sheldon and big bang theory. Yeah. In between young Sheldon and big bang theory, he moved to Jersey. Gotcha. And got worked a, a lot more time. normal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a lot. I don't know about a lot. <laughs> I mean, significantly more oh, normal significantly than Sheldon. More than Sheldon yeah. I mean, he's still wearing his, uh, knight in armor outfit 
at breakfast. Well, that's because he went home with Zach Braff's friend's mom, who also works at the Medieval Times. Maybe that's all he had on him. I guess so. That's Maybe. still pretty weird. Yeah. So this was actually super early uh, for Jim Parsons. This was his uh, fourth role. Uh, he was in a, a TV movie. Uh, and Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's just his... Uh, it was his third role. Uh, he was in uh, two TV shows prior to this, but just a TV show and a TV movie. And then this was his like uh, like feature film debut, mm. uh, which was funny because he, I mean, it looks it like he he looks young, yeah, yeah. like even younger than like Zach Braff then and now. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, speaking of young looking, um, the I know people say Zach Braff and Dak Shepard look alike, and I've mm. always seen it, but in this movie. I don't know if it's just because they're young. I could see it. It was almost all I could see for the first like 10 minutes. When the movie first came on, I asked Tyler, I said, uh, what's fake deck Shepard's name again? <laughs> yeah. Like That's he funny. just a crazy amount. Like him. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that much until watching this movie. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes on, you know, uh, he hangs out with these friends a little bit more and gets a appointment through his dad to see a neurologist because he's getting weird headaches. And in the, in the waiting room to the office is introduced to uh, Natalie Portman. He's also introduced to a friendly, friendly seeing eye dog. Yeah. Overly friendly seeing eye dog. Very friendly. Which is what brings Natalie Portman over to him because she's laughing at him being mounted by this dog. <laughs> and the only advice she has is kick him in the balls. Yeah. Which I feels like terrible advice. Yeah. I'm not a fan. No. It works though. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. She has two. Yeah, it does. She has two Dobermans. Well, oh yeah, but not in that dog. moment. I guess yeah, he never right. does it. He, he never, never tried does it. it. Yeah. yeah, I bet it would have worked. Or he could have got bit by a seeing eye dog. Yeah, he could have. So uh, he meets her and and is immediately, I think, like a little weirded out by her, but a little bit intrigued at the same time. And mm -hmm. so she shows him a, a song. Uh, by the Smiths, um, the Shins. Yeah, I'm the sorry, Shins. the Shins. Sorry, uh, I'm I'm trying to read stuff and sure. talk. And at she the same had recognized time. him from his show. Yeah, where he played the retarded quarterback. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal that runs throughout. And then they say the word retarded like 58 times. <laughs> yeah, I was I was like, man, this is. I mean, I, I a couple times is too many times. This is way too many times. Well, it turns out they aired this movie. They the first the premiere of this movie was at like a fundraiser fundraising benefit for uh, mentally challenged people. And Natalie Portman and Zach Braff were both super embarrassed the entire time about how many times they said the word retarded. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but he uh, he connects with her and and ends up giving her a ride home and and just is like I think really like. Uh, interested and also like blown away and perplexed by just how weird her life is. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, she's very much like a, a, a pathological liar. Yeah. He finds out when they get to the doorstep and she finally just tells him the truth. Like, I don't have a boyfriend. I lied like these four different ways. Well, he, they find out even sooner because she, he's like, why are you here? And she's like, I'm picking up a friend. And then he goes into the, the office and they're like, Oh, we'll be ready for your appointment right after. Mm -hmm. So like she'd been lying. But, but that one you kind of write off as like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe she has something embarrassing going on. She doesn't want to talk about it. Uh -huh. And I feel like as the audience, you're kind of okay with that one. 
And then later on, you just come to find out that she just lies about everything for no reason. There was a funny bit in the middle of there where Zach, where, uh, what's his name? Andrew in the movie? Andrew yeah. Large. Uh, brings her to his rich friend's house who invented silent Velcro. Oh yeah. Uh, and then he's like, I don't know. We're going to go hang out there. And if you want to leave, just pull on your ear. And then they're just sitting there and then he shoots an arrow straight up into the air. And <laughs> A it landed, flaming, yeah, flaming arrow, arrow. Yeah. And it lands at her feet and then she just starts pulling on her ear. Well, I love the, I love the moment right before this. Cause he shoots the arrow up into the air and then there's just this like top down shot of them. Like, dancing around like dodging like they're like watching for the arrow to come down but like it lasts for too long yeah, yeah. you know like, how high does he shoot that thing? yeah and there, it's just this one shot of them just sort of like dancing around not sure where to run and i've always loved that that shot it's just always cracked me up it was, uh, it was little just, known fact my dad actually used to play that game with his friends when uh, they was kids i thought you were gonna say that your dad used to shoot arrows up in the air around you guys not around us but with him and his friends when they were younger they would do that they would shoot arrows straight thing. in the air and then just try to not get hit by it. Were they flaming arrows? Just regular arrows. How Did your those... dad also start a forest fire? No. Wow. So that's <laughs> weird that your dad played that game, but it was, it, I, I love this. I love this scene. I love this sequence. Dave also, you know, if you're listening, love you. Weird choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> weird is a generous word. <laughs> so uh, they, he, they they have this little like funeral back at her house. Uh, he meets her her adopted brother Tatembe. Yeah. Well, is the funeral caused because she forgot to take the hamster wheel out of? <laughs> yes. I don't understand yeah. how that killed him. He couldn't get off the wheel. Yeah, and he just kept going until he killed himself. Oh. <laughs> okay. He was a dumb hamster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name was Jelly. So. Jelly. Yeah. I assume peanut butter survived. And they just have a a pet cemetery. Back there, <laughs> which uh, I guess the pet cemetery, all those rocks were all the real names of deceased pets of uh, cast and crew. That's <laughs> funny because I only picked up on a few of the names and they were all like Jewish and like biblical names. Oh, okay. It was like Goliath was one of them and uh, like Joshua was on. There was just like multiple like biblical names on there, which was funny to me. Yeah, but those were all casting crews fallen pets mm. that they honored by they had to make all these gravestones and so they're like oh like you know we'll just do our own pets yeah which is kind of morbid but so's the movie <laughs> uh <laughs> so uh he is i think really quickly like not only falling for her but i think he's falling for how she makes him feel like he opens up and trusts her really quickly with um you know talking to her about his his mother who's just passed away and uh he just really wants to spend more time with her i think there was something that we kind of glossed over was that he he didn't bring any of his antidepressants to jersey mm. so it was it's the first time since he was like 16 that no i think like nine yeah whatever yeah the, that he hasn't been on antidepressants and like all these crazy drugs he's but, like having a clear mind but now he's on some other crazy drugs um, so, uh, he's getting to spend more time with her and, uh, and with his friends, uh, which, you know, it, he seems to be having a better and better time around them. Like he's starting to feel looser and looser. Um, and to Jake's point earlier, still desperately avoiding his father. Yeah. And then I think hanging out with his friends, we learned something crazy about him and that's that he doesn't know how to swim. Right. Which I can't imagine, but like my girlfriend doesn't know how to swim. 
And I, before her, I didn't, I didn't think I met a single person in my entire life over the age of 12 that didn't know how to swim. Hmm. Maybe it's an East coast thing. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it is. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, cause yeah, I mean, California, like we have these crazy summers where everybody goes swimming. Yeah. Specifically like, SoCal. I feel like most people swim. Yeah. NorCal too, just because of all the rivers. Mm. Well, and <laughs> I mean, his mom is a paraplegic, so I don't know if they were taking many trips to the Yeah, but only when he was pool. nine, you know. Well, after that, he yeah, went to that's a true. boarding school, so I don't think he went on any trips. With no, his he went He went to boarding school when he was 16. So that was a while. After. For just two years? Yeah. But that and just, it, you can tell he doesn't have a great relationship with his parents. And so I don't know if they, you know, they had that relationship where they were intentionally doing things with him, you know? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the movie, he talks to his dad about, you know, you always say you want us to go back to being happy, but I don't remember that time. Yeah. Like, I don't remember a time where we were all happy, mm-hmm. you know? So clearly, like, childhood was strained at yeah. best. Uh, and probably no time for, for some stuff like that. And he says to Natalie Portman in the pool, uh, he says, yeah, so clearly I missed out on a lot of the typical uh, childhood stuff. Uh-huh. Um, swimming being one of them. And immediately after this, they're hanging out in this mansion, the the silent Velcro's mansion. I don't remember his name. No furniture. It's kind of a theme in this movie that people just don't have furniture in their yeah, he living just, spaces. Right. Empty house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's a point to that. If there's like a like a he bought a chair, but he didn't like it. He's he's driving a golf cart through his mansion. Yeah, he's obviously just you know living Are you a bizarre life. Trying to like maybe imply like a more deeper symbolic meaning to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there could be. Yeah, that it's like uh, that these because uh, you know Sam's house, Natalie Portman's house, is literally chock full of stuff. Yeah. It's so cluttered and... And even his parents' house is very stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's very... Uh, um, it's furnished, but not... Cold. It's very cold. It's not cozy or inviting Mm-mm. in and, any way. And even even the furniture is very sparse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wonder if if there is that distinction, that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the, the people that he surrounded himself are not wholehearted and yeah th- and therefore not whole homed hmm. could be i could see it uh i don't pick up on things like that so, <laughs> yeah. i have to read about that afterwards and then i'm like that makes sense it reminds me of uh the <laughs> the um uh, episode of the office where Jim and Pam are talking about Pam's father leaving while they're watching movies with, with uh, Andy at Helm's character. And, oh, and he's like, I and didn't he, pick up on any I of that. I didn't pick up on any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more about when like uh, Ron Swanson is talking about how his favorite book is Moby Dick because it doesn't have any symbolism. Mm. It's just a man's <laughs> hatred for a whale. <laughs> and honestly, I might've thought that if I didn't know. <laughs> I just don't even think about it. But along the way, Andrew starts to, uh, he starts to feel again. He starts to connect with the people around him for the first time in his life, um, mostly with Sam, but also his friends. You know, he opens up to not just Sam, but but his friends about, you know, the fact that he was the one who paralyzed his mother. And, you know, uh, he opens up to Sam about not being able to cry. Uh, and... 
he, you know, is starting to, I think, really find himself in finding her. Yeah, that makes sense. It could also be the lack of drugs. It could also be the lack of drugs. That's the thing I was thinking during this movie, and I was like, I wonder if their relationship is going to work out because there was so much change that I don't know that she is really what's helping him. Maybe it's that he's not taking these antidepressants anymore. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a combination. Yeah. Uh, And so he uh, ultimately... um, you know, has this like bizarre, uh, his last day, the, the whole movie takes place over four days. Uh-huh. And on his last day in town, his, uh, you know, friend, uh, presumably is like childhood best friend takes him on this bizarre scavenger hunt. Yeah. And he won't, he won't tell him what they're there for. He just said, I got your little going away present, but I have to get it. I have to go track it down. Yeah. So can you give me a ride? Yeah. <laughs> and then they start off by stealing money from uh what what kind of just store? Just a it? supermarket. Yeah. Well, like a hardware store. Or or yeah, and yeah. they yeah. he Handy World. <laughs> yeah, he goes in and says that he had this thing that didn't work, doesn't have a receipt, but he just pulled it right off the shelf right. Now. <laughs> Great the knives plot. aren't sharp enough. Great plot twist about Handy World is that uh, if you that they'll accept returns on things less than valued less than forty dollars, even if you don't have a receipt. And so he hits every employee and <laughs> uh, just waits until they hire new people. And so he uh, he uh, they go on the scavenger hunt and they end up recovering. Which I want I really want to hear what you guys think about this. So I'm gonna like paint it in the worst possible light. Are we are we gonna skip the whole scavenger hunt? Oh no, we can dive into it. Well, there Do you want to? There was only one thing in there that I really wanted to talk about because it, I just thought it was so crazy that Method Man was in this movie. <laughs> I didn't know that he was an actor, and then I was like, I was like, he looks kind of familiar. And then he opened his mouth. I was like, that's Method Man for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just I heard he was really nervous to be around Natalie Portman, which I thought was really funny. The whole thing. Well, specifically, he was super anxious about saying. Uh, the word titties in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> like just really like uncomfortable about doing that in front of Natalie Portman who had, you know, had a fair amount of success at this point already. She was in star Wars already. Right. I think so. Was she already in star Wars? Oh, definitely. Star Wars was 2001. Yeah. And this was 2004. Wow. I didn't put that So this together. is after episode one, but probably before episode three. Huh? I, uh, I was wondering how they even got her. For she looks movie. younger in garden state than she does in the other movies. I think that's what threw me off. I agree. I think it's probably makeup and, and sure. wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like my mind just didn't make that connection. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Well, Zach Braff said that he she was his like number one like goal when he thought of Sam, but he thought he could never get her in a million years. Mm. Yeah, I mean I would think the same thing if I was Zach Braff, so Yeah. yeah. How do you, like how do you do it? I don't know. I mean apparently he had contacts with uh, you know I think he just made a Craigslist ad. <laughs> for Natalie Portman only. Yeah. <laughs> looking for Natalie Portman <laughs> looking, for, looking for one of the stars of Star Wars episode one the Phantom Menace <laughs> who is female and also not Keira Knightley not Keira preferably not Hayden Christensen <laughs> he wasn't in episode one that was Jake Lloyd wait uh, Keira Knightley was in episode one she was the other queen so like you know they had the double that was Keira yeah. Knightley Interesting. Uh, well, I never apparently knew that. they looked so much alike in the makeup that their mothers couldn't tell them apart at certain points. They were like, huh. yeah. That's funny. I didn't know that. Now I know. Little known fact. We should just review episode one now. 
Double feature it. Right now? Yeah. Double feature. It. Double feature like the so two it, lightsabers. It opens up with some aggressive negotiations. <laughs> with a lightsaber. <laughs> uh, and so they uh, they go on this weird scavenger hunt, and, and they end up at this, like, uh, cavern uh, that, uh, you know, I think is super meaningful for Zach Braff for some reason. Yeah. I which I don't really... I didn't get it. Get but uh, he, the friend gets back, recovers the locket or the necklace, his mother's favorite necklace stolen. that he had previously stolen. That's the craziest thing to me. Like, because when he was watching him steal out of the graves, I was like, how are you still hanging out with this guy? You know, he just stole the stuff off your mother's body. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gave it back. Like it was some good thing he was doing. It was like, you stole it. You didn't want it down there with her, man. It's better that it's with you. It's like, yeah, well, you stole it and pawned it off, dude. Like. Yeah, but you, you got it back. Yeah. <laughs> that was the craziest thing in the whole movie to me was that he would hang out with that dude that stole from his dead mom's body. <laughs> and he knew it. <laughs> it really just felt like Andrew just didn't care about so much. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, the antidepressants, I'm like with like the depression and everything, I'm sure he was just numbed to all things. Mm -hmm. So... And he ends up having a really great conversation with his dad, kind of as much. And it's my favorite part in the movie is uh, he has this great conversation with his dad where he says, maybe uh, we can just both give each other the permission to just be whatever we are right now. You know, and essentially saying like, it's okay that, that we're not okay. Or and he says, and he was, and he asked his dad, like, I would just love for you, for your blessing, for me to finally feel something again. Yeah, I was say like, mm -hmm. well, I think he says, like, even if it's pain, even if it's pain, yeah, because I think that was like something where, like, he was sitting there and he was like, this hurts so much, but it felt like he was happy, just feeling something when he was talking to Sam in the tub. Yeah, 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 and uh, so you know, he tells his father, you know, they have this great kind of like, uh, you know big moment and he tells him like we're going to be okay you and i and uh even if it's not the happy vision that you had for us and uh he goes to leave and tells sam he's got to go he's got to go back and work on himself by himself and then he's like just nope just kidding comes back and pulls her out of the telephone booth and says like i'm not i want to spend another day without you and that's Garden State. I wonder how he got off the plane. That's a great question. They're not big fans of that. Yeah. <laughs> you also skipped the line where he said, good luck with the great abyss. And then he said it back to him. Sure. Yeah. The line that we heard in mm -hmm. the, in the audio intro. Yeah. Really. I think telling that it was like, Hey, like, uh, good luck exploring the great abyss. And he says, Hey, you too. Um, you know, cause he's, he's got his own abyss that he's got to explore of, of his heart and his soul. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? I think I liked it. That's, uh, that's about it. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I was going to go back to that scene where they go into that old boat. And I remember when we got there, I was so nervous. It was going to be so weird. But I liked that guy so much. I know. Yeah, you expect it to be really like some creepy dude that opens the door. Yeah. And then he's just this normal looking guy with a baby. And you're yeah. like, oh. And they're sort of like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not going to die here. But I think that was maybe my favorite scene in the movie. And I guess if we're going to get to favorite parts, favorite lines right now. My, my favorite line is when I forget what uh, his friend says to him. And then Andrew like 
makes fun of him and he's like, don't make fun of me for my hobbies. I don't make fun of you for being an asshole. And it's, <laughs> it was my favorite line. I think I'm going to say it. So if you hear me say it, that's why. Nice. Well, yeah, he was like, uh, just because we're on a scavenger hunt, we're going to come over here and pick up some Desert Storm trading cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he was collecting weird stuff like uh-huh. Desert Storm trading cards. He was too away from the set. <laughs> his friendly fire was a little bent, bent and someone stole his wolf blitzer. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bizarre line. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't know if it's just that I pick bad movies or we just batch record and I'm always the last episode, but I feel like no one jumps in very much on my movies and I don't know why this one is it's, <laughs> it, it was tougher to jump in and like, like have like a funny thing to say just cause it was like heavier and I don't know. I felt like it was tougher to get in there. I, yeah, I feel like, um, that might be a little true in that like, this is our fourth episode and we always end with you. I don't think you pick bad movies, but I feel like the movies you pick are like just not, necessarily conducive to jumping in with funny like they're very like human heartwarming and sometimes it's just it is what it is and you just kind of go through the plot you know yeah so then like when we talk about short term 12 and it's like wow i don't know what to say and it's not <laughs> yeah it's not a bad thing by any means as opposed to like chucky or, yeah or like bad like, boys you yeah know? like okay well let's talk about this ridiculous thing I Is was it? just about to give my favorite. Did we already finish no, favorite? Yeah, go for it. I think part. my favorite, I can't name a favorite scene, but my favorite parts of the movie is like the stretch from like starting from when um, Andrew and I forget Natalie Portman's character. Sam. Sam leave the hospital. Like like from them first meeting to um, just like their entire day that they spent together. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Um just that stretch of the movie because it feels very human mm-hmm. and very kind of slice of life. Whereas like other moments a little bit later when Andrew's having these like really like um, profound monologues with Sam and whatnot, not that I don't like them. I think they're good, but they're a little movie-ish, you know, whereas yeah. these moments, like there's just a lot of really small, but like wholesome heartwarming moments. Um, I really liked uh, Sam's mom. Oh yeah. Like she's just a sweetheart and I love how she like the moment where she's like, um, who wants a hug or something like that? And he was like, I'll take a hug and he hugs her and they kind of hug for kind of a long time. That's my favorite moment because he like, I, I felt like in that moment I was reading like some emotion into that, that that he had not, you know, he hadn't been home since he was 16 and had this really weird relationship with his mom where he carried some guilt and was had some guilt put on him for her accident. And I imagine that this was the first time that he felt like maternally loved yeah, yeah. in maybe his whole life. I agree, yeah. And so that's why I love that scene. And I really like Takimbe. To Timbe, yeah. To Timbe. And when he's like, someone pissed on my game. <laughs> yes. That's what I was about to say is I forgot I'm to say close that. Close to tra- cracking the case. And like, just it's like, it's like I would have liked more time spent yes. in that household. Yes. You know, him <laughs> spending time with that family. Whereas the rest of the characters kind of like left me feeling a little like awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. And oh, probably yeah. Intentional. Oh, yeah. Even the friend I just really didn't like. I, I had the like most him. fun in her house. For yeah. Sure. And I, I don't know if you guys get like got this vibe, but I got some like kind of like homoerotic vibes between Zach Braff and his friend. Oh, Just really? Different, yeah, like different little mannerisms or like 
the way they looked at each other at times, I was just kind of like, what is going on? This is a callback to our, our first episode, but it, he reminded me of, uh, what's his name from 24? Teddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. From, from 24? Kiefer Sutherland? Kiefer. Kiefer. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. He does kind of look like him now that you mention it. Yeah. He, but like, every time Kiefer he came Sutherland on screen, I was like, oh, Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland. Oh, no, that's not Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even make the connection, but you really, like, you mistook him for Kiefer Sutherland? I, well, I didn't, like, actually think of it. It just reminded me of him every time he came oh. on screen. Yeah, those those were some of my favorite moments, and I really loved Natalie Portman's character. Um, she was a little annoying, and I think that's why I love her is because she reminds me of those kind of weird, annoying, quirky girls who like don't really know who they are yet. Yeah. So they're trying to figure it out, and she would say something, and then instantly apologize, like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." Like, you know, like she doesn't really, she's not confident in herself yet, you know. Um, and I thought she played that really well. And I love the scene where, uh, whenever she feels unoriginal, she does something super weird. Yeah. And she's like really trying to get Zach Braff to do it. And he does that weird little finger thing. And she's like, I've done that. Yeah. She's like, I've done that before. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like everything within that part of the movie was so charming. And I really enjoy that. Those moments. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Same. (laughs) <laughs> all right well let's uh let's wind this down i'm gonna skip recasting i don't think i would make this movie again i'd uh recast with uh, dax shepherd i do uh dax shepherd and zoe de chanel yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, but keep bilbo yeah keep, yeah of course keep bilbo that's fair we get uh just the rest of the wu-tang in there yeah with, with method with the method man well, uh, let's uh, spin up those servers, Jake. Yeah. Is this the one where we talked about it being my house? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, but it's okay because we've already talked about that we batched <laughs> all four of these episodes yeah, right now. Perfect. So <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Zach, what would you give this movie? I'm going to give it 7.6 uh, mixtapes that Zach Braff. Actually, 7.6... <laughs> Nelly Portman Craigslist ads. Scott, I'm gonna give it uh, seven uh, friendly fire trading cards. Nice, Jake. I'm gonna give it seven of just the most hideous necklaces that your friend stole off your mother's body. <laughs> it was it looked very invaluable oh, it was heinous and i don't mean invaluable like oh it's, i meant unvaluable like yeah. it was you very ugly. It was heinous, yeah. it was heinous. <laughs> and uh <laughs> i'm gonna give this 7.3 jim parsons dressed in medieval attire uh, so you heard it here first. This movie is a 72% on Rotten Potatoes. Just as a reminder, the other guys give this an 86%. Uh, so we came in way under that. But IMDb gave it a seven, 7.4. Is it just me or is the, are the other guys just full of terrible takes? <laughs> I think so. They're just, yeah, they're really generous with some things like face-off or, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then so off, like, they gave Bad Boys a 42 or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. it wasn't like, that bad. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, even I rated it. Or, like, that. Young Frankenstein got a 94%. Oh, yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> don't make fun of my hob- me for my hobbies. I don't make fun of you for being an asshole. <laughs> there it is. 
There it is. Well, hey, everybody. Todd's, thank you so much for, for joining us on this journey so far. We're actually going to take the holidays off uh, and uh, hope you guys have a great uh, great time. We'll be back uh, sometime in uh, probably early, mid-January. We'll, we'll be back with, with weekly episodes for you guys. Um, but uh, in between now and then, we're going to try and do something special. So uh, keep an eye out. Follow our Instagram or Twitter. And you'll see it there. Do we have Twitter? We do. We don't use it, <laughs> we don't use it at all. So okay. maybe no. We follow. do. When we post on Insta now, I set it up to automatically post to Twitter. I don't think it does. Oh, you have to still hit the Twitter. Button. <laughs> yeah, you have to so still hit the when you're posting. And it's like, not automatically. You just have to hit the Twitter button when you're posting. Yeah, automatically is the wrong too. word. So we have them. not been doing that. Okay, but uh, we will uh, <laughs> follow our Instagram uh, or follow any of us, and uh, just follow me home and <laughs> follow Jake home. And uh, you'll see all the, the all cool the servers. stuff. All the servers <laughs> that he lives under. <laughs> um, but no, we're gonna we're gonna try and do some some something fun for you over the holidays. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. But uh, until then, it's been a it's been a great year. It has been a great year, Tots. Uh, we've got uh, the we we got forty episodes under our belt. Wow. <clears throat> That's there a was lot only of, 12 weeks. Of oh, I'm sorry. Game? 39. We almost hit 40. We well, got dang. 39. Oh, episodes. because yeah, we did. We almost had the perfect number. Uh, you know what? It was, uh, you know what? I, I've probably only seen maybe five of those beforehand. So you know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you saw like 34 new movies. <laughs> What's been your favorite one? Favorite movie that we watched for this? That I'll I'll have to take a look back. What else would it be? Like, let's let's just, save this for know, the like, potential bonus episode. But I like like maybe uh, oh, saving. It. We're saving it. 